I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And I am in mourning because we just watched the last true episode of X-Men Evolution before we watch the two-part finale next week. And it was so good. And I'm really sad. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. future okay this i really want to see danielle moonstar yeah it introduces danielle moonstar and they clearly we're gonna set her up to be a major player on this show and they did such a good job and she's so great i love her in this and gay she's so gay (laughs) this episode this this episode is titled ghost of a chance but i'd actually call it ghost of of a vagina Yeah, so Kitty's vagina is haunted by Danny Moonstar's ghost. And this whole episode, she's like, what is it? What's in my vagina? I just imagine, like, Kitty pride with her fucking legs open and a spooky ghost, like, floating around there going, ooh. (laughs) And she's like, Kurt, I know it's you. Knock it off. (laughs) More like she's, like, screaming Danny's name and Kurt is standing there like, what's happening right now kurt's like, like yeah but kurt and her never hook up that's just they're just besties i know like kurt is just in the background being like why is um this is a good episode for kitty and kurt honestly it is hold on put on the brakes we have to talk about something that happened this week that's important. oh my god you're right okay so marvel news huge marvel news we've been <laughs> waiting forever and finally <laughs> professor fucking xavier is coming to the mcu but not Kill like me the now. xavier like not the xavier they're gonna use in the mcu just like a version of it okay well okay, okay. well this is only partially confirmed and i want to say ryan was in denial about it for like a full week and like only now are you sort of admitting that it's probably happening i don't know well because i was looking at i went back and watched the trailer and i put it into photoshop and turned up the background on the council and i was like okay I think that guy in the far left is the original Reed Richards on the Fantastic Four movie. So I feel like this is really going to be that. I mean, that's the kind of shit they would do because we already had Spider-Man with all the everything from the other movies, from the Fox movies. And like now they're going to incorporate in other actors from the Fox films into Doctor Strange because it's the multiverse baby. And that's part of the bit. Okay, this is interesting, though, because we didn't actually see Professor Xavier. We just saw like the back of his head and we we heard heard Patrick Stewart. 
Stewart's Patrick voice. Stewart's voice. And Ryan, when he is moving forward, he is like rolling forward. Are you sure? He's standing. Yes, I watched it multiple times. I like how we watched this one scene multiple times because we like could not believe well, it. Well, because everybody did. <laughs> I don't okay, know. So anyway, I think it looks like he's in a chair. That's all I'm this saying. This is the first hint of the X-Men and the MCU, which we've been talking about, which of course, I mean, I said as soon as they dropped X-Men 97, I'm like, okay, they're going to start sprinkling in as of 2022. I didn't think it would be this way. I also didn't think it would be fucking Xavier, which uh, no offense to Patrick Stewart oh, wait, at I, all. No I, offense. No, listen, I love I, Patrick Stewart. I love Next Generation. I think he's a great actor. I think he's probably oh, one yeah. of the best Xaviers. He's the best actor on the planet. He's incredible. However, Xavier sucks. <laughs> and I don't like this. <laughs> okay, but Maddie, there was going to be no scenario where they were going to introduce the mutants without doing a version of Xavier to introduce that way. I feel like that was always going to be th- the you way know, in. Honestly, I had sort of deluded myself into thinking Magneto would be first. I mean, same. After WandaVision and Pietro, I was like, we're going to get Magneto first. And I was Who excited knows? about that. What if that? Magneto shows up at the end of Doctor Strange? We have no idea what this movie I is mean, even about sure, at this point. But I just, I'm a little disappointed at Xavier and that they didn't introduce Magneto I just thought that would be really cool that's all I'll say same same well okay I think the reason for that is that if this is truly the council that are sorry the council the Illuminati the Illuminati it is like Xavier sits on that with like Namor and Iron Man and I think Iron Man is in this I mean I'm sure they're bringing back RDJ you know he's got he's on fucking contract okay there's been all this talk about Tom Cruise playing a variant of him and if these are all variants of these characters that are not the ones that are the same actors in the MCU. It could be Tom Cruise playing Iron Man. I I hate that rumor so much, but at this point, like I'm kind of like, it might be true because I don't know. Maybe I mean, he's playing Namor. I'm just kidding. That would be insane. No, I think they, I think they cast Namor. Please, please no. Please not Tom Cruise as Namor. They have somebody cast in Black Panther 2 who like basically probably is Namor, but okay. they can't say who it is. Well, I mean, God knows if Black Panther 2 is even going to come out, but whatever. Yeah. They might end up in like a Captain uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier situation because sure. they might have to like introduce the Illuminati in this movie and then later have Black Panther 2 come out and have it be like, and we were supposed to have Namor ahead of the other one, but we didn't. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that because Namor, again, is also a mutant property. So like, we'll see what happens. So anyway... What I know is that, or what we know is that this is probably Xavier, and it's not the Xavier getting the MCU, but it's absolutely going to open up the conversation of, like, who the fuck is he and they're in the MCU universe, and also what are mutants, and I think that is a conversation that is going to be had between Doctor Strange and him, and if not Wanda. There has been a couple leaks that were posted in our Discord, respectfully, um, Actually, it was somebody posted about it and said, if you want it, I can send it to you. I'm not just going to blindly post it in here because they used to be respectful. And I read it and I was like, I think there's some truth to this, but I don't think it's full because it seems so it was based off of the trailer that came back, came out in December. And mm-hmm. some of the stuff in this prediction didn't match the new trailer. And I was like, I don't think like this is fully well, correct. I feel like part of the issue with these kinds of leaks is that these movies are edited a lot and sometimes they have multiple endings or multiple ideas and the actors sometimes don't even know what's chosen in the end. And they've said that publicly for many of these Marvel oh, movies yeah. where they will film multiple endings and then the actors can't spoil it because they don't know what's going to happen. I you feel know? like that was implemented after Tom Holland was like, da-da-da-da, here's all the spoilers. And everyone's like, Tom Holland, you can't do that. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm 15. I don't know these rules. 
I mean, I feel like I don't know why it was that could have been what caused it. But like, that's not the first time that major motion pictures have filmed multiple endings. And like, that's that's like standard practice for really big tentpole movies at this point. And so then the actors can't spoil it because they don't know what's going on. And they're filming all this stuff out of order. And like, then they'll go in for reshoots and everything totally changes. And in editing, they end up deciding like, this is the most interesting way for it to go. And we have all this footage and we can like cut it together. So it works. Exactly. And we, so we don't actually know what's going to happen. Well, what I'm saying is I think some of the leaks are accurate in the sense that I think people who worked on the movie sometimes are leaking stuff that they saw filmed, but that stuff didn't make it in. And that's fine. You know, I don't think it's like an intentional lie, especially when sometimes when you're reading a leak and you're like 70% of this is accurate. What's the issue here like how did this happen i think that's what the situation is personally i think i think at marvel they're pretty strategic about this because they know things will get leaked so i think absolutely so different staff probably works on different scenes to prevent this from happening they also i think they also what to what you're saying the reason why they have so many variations to keep the leaks from coming out i think they purposely Make it so they know stuff's going to get leaked, but make sure they make so much of it that yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, that it's confusing or that it's, yeah. like, weird. And it's also, like, sometimes people get cut. Like, okay, yeah. there is a version of the world where, like, Tom Cruise came in and played Iron Man, and then they never used any of that footage because they thought he sucked, you know? And, like, then somebody could leak that and be like, Tom Cruise did this, and it's, like, not in the movie still. Because that because happens I all think... the time, too. Like, well, sometimes... I... Actors come in and they shoot an entire role and none of it is there and they're replaced later. And it's like, oh, well, we didn't like you. Like that happens all the time, which might sound crazy to us. But like Disney has more money than God. So like they can truly just bring in whoever and be like, let's give it a try. Like it's. Oh, yeah. It's pretty common. We don't know what's going to happen. We we're excited about it. And what we were going to say is that we will do an actual episode on Doctor Strange. Don't worry. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about Xavier. And speaking of fucking Xavier. This episode of X Men Evolution. I don't want to fuck Xavier. Who are you to say that? I I mean it as an adjective, not a verb. I don't like him, and I don't like him in this episode, including the real version of him, because this episode has a dream version of Xavier too. Okay, but that's really funny to me because like it's like presented as that's Kitty's nightmare is that Xavier's still an asshole. <laughs> I know. This is also one of the gayest episodes. I'm glad at least we got one more gay episode in before they got canceled. We did, especially since the last few episodes have not really been gay to the point where we've barely done the segment because we've just been like, these are too depressing and nobody's fucking anymore. Everybody's just crying all the time. This episode is just like Kitty Pride is queer as fuck. Like there's no other read on it. Yeah. Kitty Pride is having a wet dream about Danny Moonstar every night. And then in the back, <laughs> Around, cannonball and bobby are also fucking and trying to get logan to fuck them too kind of like some of it's in kitty's dream and i was like that's really funny because it's like as though kitty herself is watching them and she's like so they're fucking right so okay let, let, let me explain the premise of this episode is the first half is like a so dr- we're gonna spoil it right we're just gonna spoil the twist well, but i could think it'll be easier to explain yeah, what's going on so like basically the first half of this is Kitty bringing Danny Moonstar back to the X-Mansion and everybody meets her and all these events happen and then she wakes up the next morning and nobody remembers her and they think it's like a brainwashing thing but it's actually like this really intensive dream that Kitty experienced caused by Danny Moonstar's powers and she goes to find the real Danny Moonstar. That is like the actual plot of the episode but I think 
to your point, Maddie, the reason why all this stuff is also happening in Kitty's dream is because I think she was asleep, but was able to subconsciously pull in what she was hearing outside in the mansion into her dream. Well, right. I think there's also a couple scenes in here, like basically any of the scenes Kitty's in, that's a dream. But there are scenes where Kitty's not there. And like Sam and Logan are having a conversation. And I interpreted those scenes as reality. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. Because Sam and Logan get into like a weird pissing match with each other. Right. They do. And that is all reality. That all actually happens. So that's just the B plot of this this episode. This is like Inception. Kind of. Not Inception. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's a little bit of that. (laughs) But it's a great episode. I thought it worked a lot better than the Legion one in terms of the twist. I really liked it. And I think people should watch it. I know we just spoiled the twist, but like, whatever. Watch it anyway. It's a good one. Is there a previously on the X-Men other than Kitty's here? Not really. I don't feel like this episode needs that. It's it's pretty standalone. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, other than we have all the new mutants. I guess the previously on the X-Men is that Kitty and Rogue were dating, but this episode breaks them up dramatically because <laughs> Kitty is interested in somebody else. Yeah, Rogue's also kind of like upset about it but anyway i know this show has the new mutants on here and it has not had danny moonstar or uh karma for that matter and mm-hmm. i think this was setting it up so danny would have been able to lead the new mutants but more importantly wolf spain has been sent home at the beginning of season three which is a character that danny has a really strong psychic connection with which maybe they would have gone down that line when they would have reintroduced wolf spain but to me it almost feels like they superimpose that friendship onto her and Kitty. Like, because I don't know these people who think that Danny and Ronnie are not fucking in the comic books. They're like, Ronnie would never actually have sex with a girl. And I'm like, I don't know. They have seemed gay together since the get-go. And now that they're trying to do it with Kitty, it still seems gay. It's very gay. And it's also like, at this point, the New Mutants movie made it canon. So why yeah, are people like, fighting like it anymore? Like, like, who's even trying to pretend it's not that? And then like, and with the, the most recent New Mutants comic book, there's like a moment where Danny's like, I'm always going to be connected to you, Ronnie. I'm here for you. There's nothing like the connection we have. And then she's like touching her face and they're gazing into each other's (laughs) eyes. And I thought they were going to kiss and then they didn't. And I was like, what the hell? So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of moments like that in this episode where since Kitty's basically the stand in for Ronnie, she's like gazing deeply into Danny's eyes and their noses are one inch apart. And I was like, whoa, this is really getting hot and heavy. Like that happens a lot in this episode. And it happens a lot on this show. It does. But this episode is very sexually charged in a way that I was not expecting. Remember that episode where like Logan is Sabertooth in the car and their lips were like an inch apart and we're like, okay, this kid cannot not be gay at this point that was like the lady in the tramp spaghetti scene but for logan and Sabretooth. and then like also boom boom and amara in the hot tub wrapping their arms around her and boom boom's like that's my girl and i was like (laughs) gay (laughs) or that time kurt was like wrapped around cyclops there's so many moments in these creators of the show just wanted everyone to be gay there's a moment in this episode where bobby is riding on sam's (laughs) shoulders making motorcycle sounds and i was like that's that's gay that's gay (laughs) this episode is gay all right let's get into this okay so back in the year 2000 electric guitars and dirt bikes were a way of life (laughs) logan's like on a motor he's on one of the dirt bikes yeah oh he's he's like (laughs) flying around on it and he's like moaning he's like 
gotta enjoy the ride while you can. Yeah, that is what he said. And then I wrote down, is that your life motto, Logan? Like, Logan's like, <laughs> live in the moment. I don't remember my past and I might die tomorrow. So I better ride this motorcycle. And then he starts singing Grace Lightning. Logan. And like, <laughs> the new mutants are standing there like, uh, oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the enjoy the ride while you can was just a, him riding cock. That's the way I read that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so the camera shows Logan riding through the cliffs of Nevada, leaving Warcraft Valley to come back <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, the where are we again, okay, Todd? Where that, are there's we? Like, where that are we? <laughs> Todd, 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 help Todd, us. Todd, help us. <laughs> Where are we? They're like in a ravine of, it looks like the fucking Grand Canyon. It does. It literally looks like the Grand Canyon and they don't explain why they're there. It's okay. New part of Bayville, the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is part of that. I don't know. They said, they called it a reservoir. And I'm like, yeah. and soon the reservoir is going to fill. And I was like, it is, what? Yeah. Where are we? So there's like a dam somewhere that they're taking down and they're like, okay, we're going to have to run ride all of our dirt bikes and ATVs through the reservoir place where the water's going to fill up, which this is actually important context, by the way, because this is like affecting the Danny Moonstar story in ways that we will explain later. But basically like for everybody's entire lifetime, um, or at least the teenagers, this area has been an area that anybody can safely explore and it's dry and there's rocks and it looks like fucking Nevada. Right. It's a great terrain for dirt biking. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Okay, but before they do that, there's a moment here where Logan turns to Sam and he's like, you want to muscle up and show me your moves? And I was like, that's gay, Logan. And then Sam turns around. It's like, sure, but I'm not all that good. And then Sam turns around and winks at Bobby. And I was like, what? This is so gay. Yeah. And Sam is like winking at Bobby. Like, remember how we both want to fuck Logan? Anyway, I'm going to get to first. And then Logan starts up his bike and he's like, watch each other's butts closely. (laughs) They're like already on it. And so they basically all take off on their dirt bikes. They all literally partner up, which I don't really... Okay, I kind of get why they partner up, but, like, I also don't. It just seems gay for no reason. So, like, Logan and Sam are partnered up, Kurt and Bobby are partnered up, and then Rogue and Kitty are partnered up. And so, like, they all have to keep an eye on each other. So if anybody has an an accident and falls off their bike or whatever, the other person can stop and help them out. Yeah, exactly. And then there's a shot of Kitty on hers where her butt... It's, like, close up of her butt bouncing up and down, and she's going, oh! <laughs> and it's like what and then rogue's like behind her writing it amazingly she's like yeah i'm not doing this <laughs> whatever this is it's also funny because kitty's like oh this really hurts and then suddenly she's like wait it feels good now and it's like why is this the episode <laughs> this is like so gay across the board so they take two separate routes rogue goes like the high route and kitty goes down below yeah so rogue immediately is is the bad girl and she's like I want to split up, even though Logan just told us not to. But let's split up. And Kitty doesn't even stop her. She's like, okay. And I was like, guys, what? And so Rogue goes on this higher cliff that knocks over some rocks into Kitty's cliff, which knocks her off the edge. And we see Kitty falling into the ravine going, oh, no. <laughs> and it's not even like that threatening because we know Kitty can just phase through shit. So it's not like going to hurt well, but her. She, what's she going to do? Phase through the earth forever? She, she would die, Ryan. Like, there's not like a way she could survive herself no the way okay. she saves herself is grabbing a ledge like laura fucking croft and then swinging up onto the ledge okay but this already contradicts like okay first of all kitty can step on air particles in the comic books which i know that makes no sense but in the episode where they go underground to apocalypse's aztec 
Egyptian temple shit. She can basically fly through the air. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. But in this episode, she can't. And it's like when she's falling into the ravine, she's going to fucking die. So then we get a dramatic cut to the intro, plays the song. And then we come back. We see Kitty dramatically grabbing a ledge again like she's Laura Croft. She catches the ledge and then she pulls herself up onto the ledge and then it collapses and she falls to the ground, but like phases through some rocks while she's falling. She pulls herself up like the old Tomb Raider games and like 1999 where Lara would push herself and go oh, oh. <laughs> yeah and this is important because Danny's checking her out this is important because like <laughs> apparently we're just like full on gay and horny today too yeah just like Lara Croft yeah, yeah. anyway so so then Sam is pulling up next to Logan and popping a wheelie and then Logan pops a wheelie and it's gay that's all I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know and then Logan sees some smoke he's like wait somebody's had an accident and so they go to check it out. Meanwhile, the cliff is about to fall apart on top of Kitty and Danny comes over and it plays. I don't know how I feel about the music in this episode. I don't know if it's like respectful okay, or not. I Googled some stuff. I Googled some stuff. So here's some fun facts about the Cheyenne, which is uh, the the Native American uh, tribe that Danny is supposed to be a part of. Thank you. I'm glad somebody did some research. So, here. I mean, there is a lot of stereotypical Native American music. I don't think it was respectfully done, but I was curious because there's like a lot of flute playing and I was like, did the Cheyenne actually write music for flutes or not? Like, did they even have flutes? And the answer is yes, they had flutes, but you're going to love this. They played flutes in one context, and that was if men were playing it to flirt with women. <laughs> I was like, this is not intentional. But the fact that a flute plays every time Danny is talking to Kitty. That is amazing. It is a complete. Amazing. I, I have no evidence that this is anything other than a complete coincidence, but I love it. So this is a sexy, romantic, gay flute that is that Danny is coming in. And this is such a romantic scene. It is. I mean, like Danny is saving Kitty and it's. It's adorable. Right. And there's also like a lot of metaphors about them being mutants in terms of being gay. Like instead mm-hmm. of saying, if you replace any of this conversation with the word gay, it makes way more sense than them saying mutant. I know. So much more. Because also like in this, they're getting really close to each other. Physically. Yeah. And they're like cuddling. Like Kitty kind of like turns away and she smiles and blushes a little and looks back at her and they look at each other. I Like I couldn't read this as friendship. I was like, this is gay right like i'm not into girls so i don't know how girls flirt presumably well i was gonna say presumably the same way that men flirt but that's <laughs> not true uh, well i don't know i think this is really gay i can confirm for you that it's really gay okay, so like kitty kitty is passed out and she like sees somebody standing over her and she thinks it's rogue her you know previous girlfriend but it's danny moonstar who grabs her and drags her away from this rock slide and this romantic flute is playing and then kitty takes off her her helmet and She's like, who are you? And Danny's like, I'm Danielle. Are you okay? And Kitty's like, I think so. You just saved my life. And then Danny is like, that was nothing compared with what you just did. And I feel like it's important to note that she, Danielle is like smiling for all this. And this isn't like a threatening thing where she's like, oh, I saw your mutant powers. Like, it's important that this is like something they're bonding over. Yeah. So Kitty is like, oh, you saw that? And Danielle's like, only a mutant could dissolve through solid rock. Is that what you are, a mutant? And she's smiling, like, excitedly for this and getting really close to Kitty like they're going to kiss each other. And it's like, she's like, are you gay? Like, that is how that line Yeah, is. that's that's what I'm saying. Just replace mutant with the word gay and the conversation still works. Yes, and even Kitty's response makes sense here where she's sort of blushing and she's like, 
yeah, does it matter? Like, does it matter that I'm gay? And Danny's like, yeah, absolutely. Because then you're just like me. I'm gay too. I mean, your powers are way cooler, but... And then Kitty actually grabs her by the shoulders and like pulls her close and is like, wait, you're a mutant, but I've never seen you before. And it's like, what is that? Anyway, that's... I yeah, I love them. So Danielle's like, I live over there in Dark Hollow with my grandfather. And then they hear the bikes rolling up and Logan and the rest of the new mutants are here. And Logan runs up to Kitty and he's like, are you okay? And he's like super worried. And Kitty's like, yeah, I think so. I had a guardian angel. <laughs> which I, gay. Yeah. and then rogue pulls up last yeah. and she lifts up her visor and she's like what happened and logan screams you left your partner that's what happened which just the fact that the dual meaning of partner is also like gay partner is yeah unintentional but very funny to me uh, rogue's just like ah ah shit i can't believe it and i was like okay thanks rogue. yeah and she's like looking at kitty like making eyes at this new girl and she's like Oh, I guess it's over between us. And it's so, the dramatic shot of Rogue's face here, I was like, this is a breakup scene. Like, it legit (laughs) felt that way to me. I don't know how, I know that it's like not, but. I mean, we can read it the way we want to read it, which is gay. Yeah, and I I sent you that link to the person making Tumblr fan art from this show in 2020. We reshared it, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. On on Tumblr. So, like, if you want to go find it, you can find it there. They were drawing Rogue and Kitty, and then they were drawing um, Kitty and Danny. And I was like, okay, like, somebody's watching X-Men Evolution in 2020 and ships the same characters that i ship this person is a kindred spirit whoever they are i feel like a lot of people are gonna this is why i keep on feeling like we're getting x-men the animated series continue i would not be surprised if they revisited this because i think a lot of new viewers are watching it now being like this is a cute gay show like i love it i god this episode in particular listen our listeners can they they can help us petition like this episode made me want so bad to see more Danielle Moonstar. I know. Like, she was amazing in this episode. I didn't think that he had plans because then they got canceled and, like, I guess we have to wrap it up super fast, you know, which is unfortunate, but I think it would have been really good. I know. So then it goes to Kitty, who's spying on Danielle talking to Xavier and she's trying to see what's going on. She took Danielle to the Institute, at which point I started writing, Kitty, don't take Danielle here. She doesn't deserve this shit. But like, I had no idea where this was going to go. I'm also like, yeah, it's another psychic character, which Xavier can't have those around. And also she's not white and he can't have those either. He has Mm -hmm. literally two people of color in his entire mansion right now it's magma and storm there's nobody else yeah that's kind of fucked up right like he got rid of jubilee and spike i know he got rid of jubilee he got rid of spike storm is like under his thumb at all times which isn't in character for her but whatever that's who she is on this show yeah so um kitty's listening in on this conversation between danielle and xavier and so danielle's describing her life uh back at home and she's like everyone at dark hollow is afraid to come near me And Xavier's like, yes, well, you'll find the Xavier Institute offers relief from that kind of intolerance, which it doesn't, Xavier, but whatever. Yeah, because you're still there, Xavier. (laughs) Rogue walks up and she's like, hey, Kitty. And Kitty turns around and she's like, oh, hi, Rogue. And Rogue is like, I guess I kind of owe you an apology. And Kitty's like, don't worry about it. Everything worked out. Plus, I got to meet Danielle. I met this incredibly hot girl. (laughs) And Rogue's like, what? And Rogue's like, oh, are they still talking in there? And then Xavier sends a telepathic message to everybody in the house. And he's like, gather in the community room. And then Kitty's like so excited. She's like, come on. And like dragging Rogue. And Rogue is kind of like jealous and like annoyed. Uh, Yeah. Also, I want to point out that this is the first time that they've animated Kitty and Rogue next to each other in a while and before they were when 
the show started, they were kind of the same height, and now Rogue's like a foot taller than yeah. her. And I feel like it's like she's gotten older. She's still growing and becoming like the Rogue we know, which is like tall and like fucking muscular and shit. Mm-hmm. And Kitty's like kind but of But Kitty's like, a little younger than she is, and she's still kind of in But also, I think Kitty might like be at the height that... Because Kitty, I don't remember being like a super tall character, where I think Rogue is, right? Like, that's part of her deal. No, you're right. That's a good so, point. I thought that was an interesting animation point. Then this next scene, I think, is real. This next scene is real. It's <laughs> because, like, it's the one where, like, Sam is hitting on Logan again, and yep. he's like, hi, Logan. I heard you like Southern Dick. I got one of those. <laughs> By the way, he's taller than Logan. Speaking of height, I just love that they animate Logan is so small on this show. It's great. And meanwhile, Logan's like, man, why do all these students want to fuck me? And it's like, <laughs> well, but he also, you know, shit talks back to Sam and he's like, you can't claim victory until the finish line is crossed, kid. And Sam is like, I don't blame you for wanting a rematch. And Logan's like, I didn't say that at all. And Sam is like, well, if you insist tomorrow afternoon, loser washes the bikes. And Logan is just like, why do I feel like I'm being set up? And it's like, because you are, dude. (laughs) Like, Sam is clearly really good at riding this bike and knows he can beat you, even though he's much younger than you. And that's the whole bit here, is that Sam and Bobby are like, let's beat Logan on bikes, and then he'll be impressed with us, finally. And it's like... He probably won't be, but it's cute that you think that. It really is like teenage boys trying to hit on their hot teacher. It is. And Logan is just like, I don't understand what's happening right now. I kind of want to like, uh, have you ever seen the nine, like I think the year 2000, not another gay movie. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh my God. You should. It's really funny. It makes fun of like gay stereotypes in like every gay movie. Well, I just watched Debs, so I feel like that would be a good double feature for me. Yeah, that that would be the next step because there's like a hot teacher in that that like the guys are ogling over and they keep on having these like fantasies about him. They basically do what's happening in this scene here. So I recommend it. It's really funny. I really enjoy that movie. I think it's free on one of some streaming service. Yeah, unlike Debs, which is really hard to find. Debs is all lesbian stereotypes and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's the same idea. Okay, so then all the kids go to the community room and Xavier rolls in and he's like, may I have your attention, please? Allow me to introduce Danielle Moonstar, who's agreed to enroll here at the Xavier Institute. And everybody cheers. And then Kitty runs up to Danny immediately and is like, hey, come on, you can share my room. And then they're like running off to fuck immediately. No, wait, I wrote down like Kitty goes, come on, Danny, we can share my bed. I mean, my room. (laughs) Because as we discover later, there's not another bed in Kitty's room, even though Rogue was rooming with her. Yeah, Rogue was rooming with her. And I guess she just isn't anymore. Where the fuck does she sleep now? Rogue's like in the attic now. She's like, whatever. Yeah, it's sad. Um, so Logan walks up to Charles and he's like, so what kind of power is we talking about here? And Xavier's like, well, Logan, she has a form of telepathy. However, I'm afraid her emotional issues run very deep. Fuck you, Xavier. So do yours. So do yours. <laughs> and Logan's like, hmm, a troubled girl with the power to enter other people's minds. That's not a good thing. Which like, whatever. And then this is the scene where in the background, Bobby's riding on Sam's shoulders, making motorcycle sounds and like grinding. And I just, I don't. <laughs> I don't know why this is here at all. Uh, I don't know either. However, this scene, I do think, is part of her dream. I think it's her hearing them making the room room. I think that part is actually happening. I think in her... Yeah, but the Logan Xavier conversation, I think, is her imagination of what would happen if Danny moved into the mansion. No, that's what I'm saying. I think this scene is still her dream and that 
even though like Logan's hearing the vroom vroom she's overhearing Bobby and Sam fucking in the next room so that's part of the dream too or or like taunting Logan and she hears that and that's what she's putting in her head like I don't know so maybe I don't know I mean I don't think I feel like the scene between Sam and Logan was just real and that any scene with Kitty in it isn't well I I agree I think the the scene with Logan and the kids previously was real but this one I don't think is is I think it's Kitty hearing a conversation outside her door while she's asleep and it gets put into her dream like that happens to people oh yeah sure but I also am like it's fine if it's all completely invented I don't feel like she has to be overhearing it you know like she could just be inventing it oh sure I mean, like, she would believe it because, like, fucking, like, Bobby and Cannibal are canonically fucking in this show. Well, yeah, that's the other piece of it. Okay, so this next scene is also a dream. We get to see, like, the bird's eye view of the mansion, and then we see, like, a dock on the lake, and Jean is running a lesson for some of the new mutants. And she's like, today we're focusing on unforeseen obstacles, and then storm flies in and, like, causes a fucking huge thunderstorm and, like, lightning, and everything's terrifying. And so Jean's like, your mission is to get your team across the river and claim the flag, despite some surprises along the way. And like, this is where I wrote down that Jean also looks older, just as an aside. She looks like, I don't know, it's something about her face. Anyway, um, so Bobby and Sam are like running over to the little dock, which they refer to as the pier. And Bobby's like, we'll float it across the lake. And Sam is like, can't you just ice bridge us over there? And Bobby's like, it's way too far. Sunspot, push us off. And then Roberto like goes into his power mode and pushes the pier. I like really, I don't believe that. Cause like, didn't he in a previous episode, the one with the fucking green spreader, didn't he create a fucking ice bridge across the entire river yes. that they all used? And also like in the previous episode, he did that whole thing where he's like, Check me out, wink, wink, cannibal, and like iced his way across to Xavier's house. Maybe he's worried that he can't support everybody. I mean, to be fair, I do think the bridge falls apart in this. I think it, it might be a weather-related situation, or oh, that. Well, in this storm, uses her lightning to attack the bridge, and that's oh, why it breaks. Maybe that's what he's considering. Maybe he's like, it's too far without storm trying to kill me, especially with five people that he needs to transport. Um, right. It doesn't. It doesn't end up being that many people by the end, but we'll see. So, um, Sunspot is like using his powers to push the pier off away from the shoreline and push it across the water. And then Kitty phases up through the ground because Kitty is like serving a teacher's assistant role here, and she's one of the surprises. So she grabs Sunspot's ankles and like basically embeds him partially in the ground, so Roberto like can't keep pushing the pier. And Danny is, by the way, one of the kids in the training here. So we see her riding on the pier with um, Sam and Bobby and like looking scared because this is like her first exercise ever. Um, And then Sam gets out and goes into cannonball mode and he starts pushing the pier across. And then Kurt bamps in and he kidnaps Sam and is like, surprise number two. And then like they bamf away. So now it's just Bobby and Danny all alone. And Danny's like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Why yeah. Why is every X-Men mission us almost dying? This is my first yeah. training and I'm already about to die. And yeah. like, I didn't know this was a dream and I still thought it was 100% believable, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's Kitty's own subconscious being like, this is what it's like at the Xavier mansion. I mean, like, I feel like is, this though. is her entire, like her whole subconscious <laughs> is being like, Xavier shit's bullshit. Why are we here? Like, that seems to be the dream. <laughs> I know. The dream is like, we're facing an impossible task anyway so bobby's like okay we're close enough i'm gonna bridge us over so he makes a quick little bridge and they start running across it but then aurora uses lightning to destroy the bridge and they both fall into the water and bobby just swims away and he's totally fine 
we don't even see what happens to him, which makes more sense now that I know it's a dream. But Danny is like screaming and she's struggling in the choppy waves and she's like basically panicking. Right. And back on the beach, Jean and Kitty and Kurt are like cheering for her and they're like, come on, Danielle, you can do it. You can make it to the other side. But Danielle is freaking out way too much. And then basically her powers kick in. This right. is like a dream within a dream. This is Inception shit. So like this is like yeah, because each one of them has their own nightmares. Gene and Kurt and Kitty have each have a nightmare. Basically, I didn't know that this. I, I missed this Phoenix reference too. But Gene loses control and she just she's like, I can't control myself. So she twirls off into the sky and like flies off into space. Like yes. that's what happens to her. I'm like, oh, this is a Phoenix reference yeah. again. Every episode of this season had a Phoenix reference. I know. I know. Oh, my well, God. Well, they knew they were going to do that next. Right. And then Kurt Bamfs in tries to save Gene, who's flying off into space. It's interesting because they can each see each other's nightmares, but that makes sense because it's Danny's powers. Right. So instead of Bamfing, Kurt just gets stuck in hell and he gets attacked by the uh, Yoshis, the evil Yoshis. Yeah. Yeah. I think he gets eaten alive. Yeah. And then Kitty phases through the ground and can't stop phasing. And so she's like falling through the planet eternally screaming. Yeah, that and then then they all come back and they're like, "What happened? Like, we're we never left." And Xavier wheels in. He goes, "It's okay, everybody. It was all in your heads, courtesy of this bitch." And it's like, <laughs> "Damn, Xavier." Yeah, it's a lot. It's and then, a lot. And then Danny looks like she's going to stab Xavier, and she should. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's also very Daniel Moonstar. If you read the comics, she's yeah, a very she compassionate. fucking hates Xavier. I love well, yeah, it. She's a compassionate character, but also she is very strong headed. So yeah, I mean, she's the best. Yeah. So then we get a scene, which again, this is all Kitty imagining what would happen, which I think is a hundred percent correct. Where she's like, any character coming to Xavier's Institute is going to immediately be controlled by him. So Kitty's standing outside of Xavier's office, like listening in. And then it suddenly opens. And there's actually just like a quick little shot of her phasing through the door as it's opening quickly, which I liked. Um, and Danny walks out and she's like, I should have known this place wouldn't be any different. And if you look behind her in the room, it's like Xavier, Logan and Aurora all looking really stern and like pissed off, which like, yeah, this is like Kitty's classic. Like she's basing it on experience. She's like, this is what would happen. Xavier would kick her out or threaten to kick her out. And Logan and Aurora would just fall into line with him because they always do that. Yeah. So um, Danny's stomping off and Kitty falls her and she's like, what happened? And Danny's like, sometimes I can't control my powers, but people get mad at me anyway. And Kitty's like, Danielle, why wouldn't you at least warn us that that's what your powers were? And Danny's like, because nobody ever wants a freak around who brings their worst nightmares to life. And Kitty hugs her and she's like, you're not a freak. Things like that don't matter here. And Danny's like, yes, they do. The professor will want to get rid of me just like everyone did back home. And Kitty's like, you're wrong. He'd never do that. And Danny goes, he'd better not. Which like, I just like Danielle Moonstar, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I also like that Kitty's nightmare involves her kitty being aware that xavier probably would kick her out like yes that seems to be what the trend here so then danny is in kitty's room and kitty's watching her sleep because this is an x-men show yeah and danny's having a nightmare which causes her to get into everybody else's brain so logan has a nightmare about weapon x and tentacles that's just like an aside there's also tentacles there yeah there's tentacles and then he's back in weapon x which okay logan yeah exactly is this really a nightmare for you i don't really know and then (laughs) yeah aurora has a nightmare that like the walls are closing in on her because you know claustrophobia yeah and then xavier has a nightmare that sentinels are coming towards the mansion and one of them grabs him and it's it's pretty terrifying i mean i get why that's actually an intense scene and then xavier wakes up and he's like this bitch has gotta go like that's like 
<laughs> and so he summons Kitty downstairs. He's like, has Danny left her room and gone specifically into my dreams? And Kitty's like, no, I don't think she even knew she was doing that. And Xavier's like, okay, Yeah, she's right. like, Danielle's sound asleep right now. And Xavier's like, are you sure she didn't leave your room? And Kitty's like, yeah. And he's like, fine. I guess you can go back to bed. And I'm, I'm not going to apologize for waking you up in the middle of the night and screaming at you about your roommate who I hate. Bye. <laughs> and Kitty's like, okay, but please don't be mad at her. And then she leaves, right. but keeps listening in on their conversation, which is about how they want to kick her out. And it's like, yeah, she is like Kitty is yeah, Xavier's <sighs> like, listen, she's just too much work for me. And I don't like other psychics and she's not white. That's like a triple threat for Professor <laughs> Xavier. I like I can't have her here. Yeah. So then Kitty goes back to bed and like she turns out the light again and the camera pans over to show that Danielle was awake and heard all of that secretly and is just sort of like lying there feeling nervous. And so then the next morning, Kitty wakes up and now we're in reality. Yep. And Danny is gone. The bed that she was sleeping in is gone. Like, like, that's the most insane part at the beginning of this. She's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, like, the bed is gone. This whole situation where Kitty's running around and seeing reality and be like, she's like, I swear to God, she was here. The bed was here. Like, I mean, you've had dreams. We all, everyone has experienced dreams that it seems so real. I've had people call me and be like, I need to know if this <laughs> happened or not because I can't distinguish if it yeah. did or didn't. Like, and I've been that person too. Like, I don't know. Like, when you have a really real dream and like you can't move on past it because it feels that real like that's what mm-hmm. kitty's experience but right this now. is like even more than that more than we can imagine because it did actually happen just in kitty's head but it did happen like she met danielle oh, you yeah, know she had I these know. experiences and danielle remembers them when they meet in real life later like it's worth noting that this wasn't a dream no i mean it was a dream but it also wasn't at the same time yeah you know what i mean though it's like it it took place on the astral plane or whatever like it, it was, did happen and it wasn't a dream what? at the same time but it was you know what i'm saying though like I, there's no, a magical aspect to this where it's like it's not just the dream where it's a fading memory it's like a real memory kitty has right. so anyway yeah kitty responds to this by running into the kitchen and screaming at xavier what have you done with her which is the appropriate reaction also like i think realizing like kitty doesn't trust xavier when she does that because like she just yeah. had this nightmare where xavier betrayed her several times and so kitty running in this is like when i was like yeah we're getting like comic book kitty pride being like professor yes. xavier is a jerk level shit and i love yeah, it yeah i know i know and so xavier's like who and kitty goes danielle she's gone her bed is gone her clothes are gone where is she and gene and scott look at each other and like what the fuck is happening and xavier goes i'm sorry kitty but we don't know a danielle and then there's like a dramatic commercial break. I know. I know. And then at the commercial break, Kitty's on the phone calling people being like, are you sure there isn't any moon stars? I don't know who she's calling. Like who? Like the yeah, operator? I, I think I guess? she's calling like 411. And she's like, what about her grandfather? He goes by the name of Black Eagle. I think, uh, Maddie, I think this is old enough that if you hit zero, it took you to an operator yeah, still. No, I think you're right. I mean, I forgot about that until right now. And I was like, because now we just use Google. I mean, she uses a phone book later to look up the address. I mean, I think people in need to understand that the longest this show went on to was until like 2003 right before the internet and everything really took over mm-hmm. and it was also like the internet existed at this point but there wasn't a lot of stuff on there like no it was like it mean? was like live journal and aim basically and like google i remember when i was trying to find lyrics or something you couldn't even find that yeah baby internet i used to like write lyrics down myself into documents like based on what i heard oh my god i know same right anyway we spent so much time on the computer back then and i really genuinely do not 
know what. I think we were just on AIM and writing stories into documents. I think that's all there was to do. You just post fan fiction on the internet. That's all there was. That's all there, yeah, there was. Yeah, there really was. Like, there was fanfiction.net and there was like live journal. That was it. <laughs> Yeah, you had to create the content that people would find later. Yeah, exactly. So then Xavier rolls into the room to listen to Kitty, like frantically calling uh, the operator. And Xavier's all like, Kitty, Danielle is not real. You crazy fuck. You've been asleep for a really long time since your accident. Now go back to sleep so I don't have to deal with you. I'm sure there's a dome out there that needs my attention. (laughs) That's basically what I wrote. I wrote, Kitty, listen to me. You're just fucking crazy. There's no Danielle Moonstar. I don't believe you even a little bit, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he could go into her mind and, like, find this stuff, you this know? This is what's so stupid about it. So, like, okay, the number of times that teenagers have come to Xavier and been like, I've been brainwashed in my sleep, and, like, crazy shit happened, and Xavier's just been like, no, I don't think so. And then just, like, rolled away. And it's like, Xavier, how is this not a massive red flag? Like, I don't know. What Xavier's not doing? very good at his job. I mean, oftentimes he forgets that he has students, so there's that. I know. And then he literally just tells Kitty to go back to sleep again. He's like, why don't you just sleep more? And then Kitty's like, but I've never had a dream where the sex felt so real. <laughs> Xavier's just like, now, now. It's puberty. No, legit, though. <laughs> it sucks when you, like, have a sex dream that is, like, so intense, and then you wake up, you're like, oh, fuck, that wasn't even real? Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, and now all you can do is masturbate. It's really tragic. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Xavier finally <laughs> leaves, and then Kitty has more of a nightmare, because now Danielle is actually in trouble in real life, and Kitty's going to have to save her. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I have to back it up for a second, though, because I want to point out that Xavier is saying that what happened is that Kitty had her bike accident and then was like in a coma for a day. And like, they're like, we'll just put her in her bed and hope things work out. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, like, also, sh- Kitty cries herself to sleep in the in this scene, by the way. She's sobbing in her bed and Xavier's like, that's fine. Everybody's normal <laughs> here. Like, no one is worried. Like, what is happening? Yeah, Kitty is sobbing and then her tears turn into like the whole mansion is flooding with like tears. Well, only in her mind. But yes. Right. Well, that's because she fell asleep again. Yes, yes. So she falls asleep and she thinks it's raining inside the mansion. This is like mansion. some Silent Hill oh, shit yeah. again. It is a horror movie now and it's really cool. Also, like the other time we went to Silent Hill was with Forge. I guess like this show really believed that the Native Americans just had access to um, Silent Hill and Pyramid Head. That seems to be what's going on <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. That is a weird parallel that I did not consider. Uh, you know what I think it really is, is that they've looked at the religious culture of Native Americans and been like, oh, Oh, they can go into the spirit world. They have, they have spirits. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that is, that's sadly like 1960s era Marvel Comics writers oversimplifying, you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? And being like, of course, both of these Native American characters have spirit powers, which is like, okay, well, yeah. I think this scene is gorgeous. I mean, it's cool as fuck, but I also think it's stereotyped. Yes. So it's raining inside, and then Danielle is like whispering somewhere like, kitty, kitty. And then Kitty's running down the hallway. Can you help me? Yeah. And she's like, help me. And then Kitty chases Danny running through the halls, like just out of sight. And then she walks up and sees Danny in a full length mirror saying, help me. And then when she turns around, Danny's standing right behind her. Classic horror movie like bit. And Kitty screams. Also, she's like pasty white. Because she's a ghost. Danielle's a ghost. Um, And so then Kitty wakes up in her bed in reality again. And her cell phone rings. And then she picks it up and she's like, hello. And it's Danielle. And she's like, 
kitty. And Kitty's like, Danielle. And Danny's like, it's so dark and I don't know where I am. Help me. And Kitty just screams Danielle at the top of her lungs. Yeah, and then she wakes up like again. At this point, I'm like, I don't really know. This is when I was like, wait, what is the dream at this point? We don't know. I mean, I think it's like Kitty is experiencing waking visions. Okay, Daniel Moonstar can also go into somebody's head like a psychic, right? So like that's yes. also what's happening That is here. what I think is happening. I think this is real in the sense that Kitty believes she's hearing Danny's voice on the phone, but the phone didn't really ring. Do you know what I mean? No, I know. But also like when the phone rang and she picked it up and heard, she heard her breathing into the phone, I was like, this is very scream. Absolutely. So then in the kitchen, Kurt is making a sub sandwich by himself. Oh, that's what it is? I thought it was a hot dog. No, it's a sub sandwich because it has like pepperonis on it and stuff. Oh, okay. I like how Kurt's always eating sandwiches on this show. I know. And so then Kitty runs in and grabs him and screams, where the fuck is Danielle? Right into his face. And Kurt is like, <laughs> I thought the professor told you there isn't a Danielle. And Kitty, I just wrote Kitty still screaming, where the fuck is she, Kurt? And I was like, okay, this is insane. <laughs> okay, but then, then Kitty goes, you know what? Xavier wiped everyone's memories. Yes. That's what's happening. And I'm like, again, this is another scene. Okay, you so can't this- blame her for assuming that. Where was this show going to go? Because I feel like this episode was like Kitty Pride in her dreams and then in real life being like, I don't know, Xavier seems like a piece of shit. Also, like she knows that what she's experiencing is real and that she's not crazy, even though everyone else is telling her she is. By the way, okay, so in the comic books, there is a story about Daniel Moonstar where this happens, but it's not Kitty. It's like Daniel Moonstar is the Kitty in this where she has this whole day that happens and she like this is the original new mutants from where she has this day where she remembers a bunch of shit happening and she thinks it happens and the next day like the person she was with is now gone and they're telling her like it didn't happen mm-hmm. so it's based off of a comic book they've just kind of flipped yeah. it and they made it more gay i mean because <laughs> so that it can be like a girl saving another girl i guess i'm not mad at it straight men really want daniel moonstar to be straight and they haven't written her as anything other than that other than when she's had like a fling with cannibal like one time but i'm like i don't know daniel moonstar to me has always seemed so gay like and i don't mean like in like like ryan's joking and he wants like Logan to be gay and having sex with Omega Red. This is like, I feel like, I feel like she... I know what you're talking about. She legit just seems like a lesbian. Yes. Like, just yes. straight up. Yes. So, I don't know. Anyway. anyway. So, Kurt is standing here stuttering like, uh, I don't know what's happening right now. I'm pretty sure Xavier did wipe all our memories. And Kitty's just grabbing him and she's like, teleport me to Dark Hollow. And Kurt's like, I can't. That's too far. And she's like, get me as close as you can. And Kurt is like, okay, go get changed. Because Kitty's wearing her pajamas this entire scene. Okay, but also so I love that this is such this is what Kurt and Kitty's relationship is in this TV show in the comic books where like Kitty has frequently throughout the comics like freaked out about something and Kurt's been like I don't know and he's like you know I'm gonna go because we're like besties and I loved that yeah and he's like worried about her so he's like at least I'll be there to help her if something really weird happens yeah you know I love so them. then we get a comedy scene <laughs> oh my god this Sam is like it's more cannonball be like Hey, Logan, what do you think of my ass on this motorbike here? Okay, and also Bobby is the ref with the two flags, like, sexily waving them at the start of the race. <laughs> okay, but I love that Bobby's, like, one of those girls at the end of, like, cruising, the cruising games. Oh. Okay, so at the end of the cruising games, there's always, like, this really shitty graphic of, like, hot girls waving flags that are, like, real people that they superimposed into the game and mm-hmm. have, like, three That's animations. Bobby. Yeah. That's what Bobby's doing. I'm like, yay! Yeah, so then Bobby's like, okay, first one up to the Northridge, takes the cup watch out for obstacles and logan's like what obstacles and bobby's like bye and waves the flag okay no i wrote down logan says what the fuck is this like 
And Bobby's like, and you're off. And then they start racing and a bunch of guitar music plays. And of course, the obstacles are the new mutants, which is to say Berserker, Roberto and Amara, like killing everyone (laughs) with their powers. Also, I uh, was listening to the music here and at some point at the beginning of this show, whatever they played the electric guitar, so I was like, it sounded like Power Rangers level metal because that was the type of guitar metal we were using at the time. But now, mm-hmm. as we're edging into 2003, it sounds like Sonic Adventure and that <laughs> era of like guitar. So I was like, yeah. follow me. Like, the, yeah. you know, all that I shit. Do know. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds fun. So, like, Ray is causing electricity, and, like, the bikes have to jump over that. And then Roberto becomes fire and, like, pushes a huge rock into their path. And then, like, Amara, <laughs> like, literally creates, like, a lava pit. It's like, people could die, Amara. Well, you could also look at this, ah, oh, these kinds of obstacles. Which he does, like, this fucking cool thing where he, like, uses his claws to ride the bike, like, sideways across the Grand Canyon. Yeah, like, Mario Kart. Like, you know how you can, like, ride up onto the walls in Mario Kart? That kind of thing. And then he grabs grabs like a blue shell and throws it at Sam, you know. Yeah, it's just classic. So then we go go back to Kurt and Kitty. And so Kurt has bamfed Kitty all the way to Dark Hollow, slowly but surely. And we see a literal tumbleweed because this is a ghost town. It's been completely abandoned and it's spooky. And Kurt is like, this is Dark Hollow. And then Kitty hears a payphone nearby ringing. So she walks over to answer it. Where is this fucking town? I'm sorry. Like now they're in Babel. They go from Babel. And this is like, I guess the next town over, which is in the mountainside by the way and it looks like an old western town with like some native american attributes and the roads are made out of dirt yeah i mean it's it looks as though it was abandoned in 1932 like it is it is so old right it looks like there's ghosts and it was like where are we todd where are we now what town is this now (laughs) what ghost town now we're actually in silent hill yeah we are in silent hill the siren is going off kitty answers the phone and she's like hello that's that's the noise that the phone makes it doesn't ring it just goes wee 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 yeah and kitty's like maria (laughs) (laughs) is this oh my god danielle isn't this danielle you were always so forgetful do you remember me So all of that is happening. And Danielle's on the phone and she's like, Kitty, are you there? And Kitty's like, I'm here. Where are you? And Danny's like, time's running out. Help. And then Kitty turns around and just sees Kurt staring at her. And he just goes, what are you doing? doing (laughs) and kitty goes the phone rang it was danielle and kurt goes kitty i'm worried about you and he picks up the phone and it's not plugged into anything because the cable has been like completely worn away and like clearly the phone never rang yeah and kitty is like not dissuaded by this she just reaches down and grabs the phone book that's nearby first first she grabs her head like she's gonna scream that's what's happening she's like no no one will listen to me so then she rifles through the phone book she finally finds moonstar and she's like 760 maggie blue road okay we gotta go there and kurt just kind of is like oh jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) okay so then we go to a new scene they get there and there's like this old native dude who's sitting on the porch, like rocking back and forth in the rocking chair. And Kitty's like, excuse me, I'm looking for the Moonstar. It's Pyramid Head. Family. I said that as a joke. And then I imagined Pyramid Head like on a rocking chair. And it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, yeah, it's Pyramid somebody Head. Somebody draw that and send it in to us at themutantages at gmail.com. Yeah, so Kitty's like, I'm looking for the Moonstar family. And Pyramid Head just stops rocking and stares at her. <laughs> Kitty's like, mister? And then Kitty and Kurt kind of look at each other and shrug. And then Kurt is like, could you at least tell us what happened in this town? This is Black Eagle, by the way. It's Danny's uh, grandpa. Yeah, right. And he's like, they all had enough of her. 
And Kurt's like, who? And he's like, my granddaughter, Danielle. And Kitty's like, she's real, bitch. <laughs> like pushes Kurt into the mud. No, not really. Now, now Kurt's like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> and so then Kitty's like, is she here? And Black Eagle's like, no, she went hiking in the Grand Canyon. Well, he doesn't say Grand Canyon, but he just says Canyon. Uh, yeah, but it, he does say Canyon. Yeah, and he's like, and she never came out. And Kurt's like, when was that? And Black Eagle's like, two years ago. <laughs> and then Kitty screams, and then the flute plays. And it's like, everything is crazy. Silent Hill, Silent Hill. we don't even see that when we come back. Because when we come back, it's like back to like more of the dirt bike racing. It's just like, it's playing like the Sonic Adventure 1 opening where where yep. it's like open your heart ah! you know like <laughs> yeah and there's like a ribbon at the end of the race and yeah. like sam is like see you at the victory party and like uses his powers as a cannonball oh, by the way before they even have that it's just like bobby at the ribbon waving his flag and he just goes oh yeah and i'm like <laughs> why did he even say that i don't know so Sam is like going to win, but he gets greedy and he's like, I'm going to use my powers to go super fast right at the end. And then he careens off like and hits oh 16 mountains and falls on the ground right in front of the ribbon, but doesn't go through it. I like how Sam just does not want to accept that he has no control when he blasts. I know. And then Logan just calmly drives through the ribbon and then Sam looks up and is like, did I win? And Bobby goes, yeah, cannonball. You want our sympathy. And it's like, OK, you don't need to be that shady. No. Now you're blowing me tonight because that was the bet is that if you beat Logan, I would let you fuck me. But now I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> and Sam is just kind of shrugging like, OK, that seems fine. Maybe if we fuck loud enough. Logan will hear us and come in and be like, hey, I heard you fucking. And like, then I'll join us. And Logan's like already gone by this point. Like he's not yeah, even no, there right. anymore. So then we go back to spooky, spooky town and Kurt and Kitty are walking through the canyon together with a flashlight because at this point it's after dark and like everything's ending well they're in the canyon where the water is now starting to rise yeah the water is now starting to come in like the reservoir is now being filled this canyon's never going to exist again kurt is like kitty this doesn't make any fucking sense like why are we doing any of this and kitty's screaming i can't abandon my girlfriend and kurt's like how could she be your girlfriend you've never met her and like we don't know who she is she's a ghost and kitty's like i don't know she just is okay and we had sex and i remember it and she said time's running out and i have to save her or else she'll die and kurt's like well we're gonna die too because the water's getting higher and higher and we need to leave <laughs> and kitty's like that's it the water's rising i think she's trapped in here and kurt just goes for two years and kitty's like and i think i know where and she makes Kurt bamf her over to where she first saw Danielle, which is like that little ledge where she was being Lara Croft before. Right. And you see you see the remains of her motorbike that's like been shattered and shattered. Yeah. Like it's like it's so fallen like that's apart. how they found it. Right. And so then Kitty's like, I think she's somewhere down there, like underground. And Kurt right. is like, why don't we just go get help? And Kitty's like, you get help. I'm going down there. And then she grabs a flashlight and dives down into the water and like uses her powers to like go to this underground cave. I also really love that moment where Kitty just screams, you get help. Like, yeah. I love that for Kitty. <laughs> no, and Kurt is screaming Kitty no, but she's like already going and there's like absolutely nothing he can do. Yeah, she's already like in the ground. Uh, then it goes back to Logan Cannonball like touching each other. It's a little weird. Yeah, Sam is moping by himself and Logan goes over to him and he's like, you know, if you hadn't gone all Cannonball on me, 
the race might have turned out different. And Sam's like, really? You mean I would have won and you would have actually asked me on a date? And Logan's like, of course not. I'm a thousand years old, but it would have been a closer race. (laughs) Yeah. And then Kurt Kurt bamps in and he's like, come on, kid, he's going to fucking die. (laughs) I know. It's also Kurt's mutant power to cock block any situation at all. Absolutely. Including Kitty and Daniel. Like that's like, I know, I know. So then we go back to Kitty who's like swimming underwater and she ends up in this underwater cave, which is filling with water. Right. And so she uses the flashlight to look around and then she like remembers briefly like this sort of flashback to Danielle in the mansion and somehow that helps her find the real Danny almost like she knows where Danny is in her head it's interesting well because when she had the tear dream of the mansion she was following Danielle through the hallways until eventually she reached the spot that Danielle was and she was able to sort of navigate it based on the left rights and left they had taken in the halls I think you're right I think you're right so then she manages to find Danny who is like glowing in the darkness like a blue spooky ghost yeah she's basically been in this stasis this dream stasis for two years under in this cave right and so kitty picks her up and like like a princess and carries her over to some rocks like out of the water and kitty's like danielle i'm here and then danielle wakes up and like it's all very romantic and danny's like kitty you're real you're not a dream and then they kiss (laughs) (laughs) when you walk away you're not a dream either (laughs) and then danny's like thank you for finding me and kitty's like don't thank me yet i can't phase you up out of here it's too far and you're too weak and then luckily, um, back up on the the topsiders, <laughs> Logan and Kurt and all the guys arrive. And Logan's like, can't you teleport us down there? And Kurt is like, not without knowing where there is. So <laughs> Logan is like, we got to get this water out of here. Ice man. And then Bobby like creates this huge ice whirlpool thing to like create a I don't fucking know. He does something. I don't know. He does something that opens up the ground underneath the water. And then Cannibal tries drilling a hole into it. Yeah. And Logan is like, wait, we can't risk a cave in. And like, then we kind of see a shot of Kitty and Danny who are like seeing the ground shake above them. And Kitty is like, it's okay. They're probably just trying to get to us. And Danny's like, Kitty, how long have I been down here? And Kitty's like, way too long. What were you doing here anyway? And Danny's like, I just scaled down this fissure and it caved in on me. And then she like starts passing out and Kitty's like shaking her like, stay awake. They'll be here soon. Which, by the way, I'm assuming that Danny kind of put herself into this stasis because she had been so rejected. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this was intentional for her because she just was basically like, I I am too much trouble for everybody else around me. Well, that's kind of like her actual origin in the it's comic sad. books with the whole demon bear saga where I she's know. like i keep on breaking everybody's worst nightmares come true like yeah what? you know and so she's basically like i'm not safe to be around and i don't deserve love so like i'm just gonna go hide in a cave forever and it's like damn yeah so kitty then cuddles up with danielle yeah and then lava courtesy of amara pours into the hole to create an actual hole in the ground and then kurt (laughs) like bamps through the hole and manages to save kitty and danny like just in time he he bumps he bamps down there he sees that and he goes holy shit she is real yeah (laughs) yeah which is nice it's just a quick little beat of him being like wait Katie's dating a hot girl? Wow. <laughs> and then we get a shot of Danny in the hospital wing of the X-Mansion sleeping while Kitty watches her because this is X-Men and Kitty has to watch Danny sleep. So then Danny wakes up and Kitty's like, hi, feeling better? And Danny's like, yeah. And Kitty's like, good, because your grandpa will be here soon. And Danny's like, Kitty, thanks for believing in me. 
And Katie's like, hey, how could I not? When you projected yourself into my mind, everything was so real. It was like we actually became girlfriends. <laughs> no, the, I wrote a similar line where Katie says, when you projected yourself into me, the sex felt so real. It felt like we were actually dating. And, and then, they hold hands in the bed. They do hold hands. They do hold hands. That is actually in there. Yeah. And Katie's like, it was like we really had sex. And then Danny takes her hand and is like, we did. <laughs> <laughs> And then Xavier rolls up with Logan and Kurt. Yeah. (laughs) And Logan and Kurt and Xavier are like in the background, like watching and listening to this. And Kurt is like, but how did she survive down there? And Xavier's like, it was her mutant abilities. They put her into a form of hibernation. And Logan's like, and she connected and fucked Kitty through like an out-of-body experience. And Xavier's (laughs) like, exactly, Logan. A psychic connection that made for a most unusual friendship slash relationship slash they're now dating. Yeah, I know. It's very much like Ronnie and Danny. And I was like, I wanted to know what was going to happen. Let them make another season please yeah, i do please please i there's so many please please so please, many things. please please that's gonna be like our wrap-up of the because we did that wrap-up of x-men the animated series and i'm gonna be like okay what are questions that we have yeah <laughs> i mean we have so many questions oh man it's gonna be surreal to go back and listen to that x-men tas wrap-up episode after the new x-men tas opens and be like okay did any of our questions get answered well ne- i don't know if we'll ever get them answered for this show which is really sad oh i don't know by the way what are you gonna rate this episode i want to give it a five out of five but like is it relevant enough i feel like emotionally it's a five because it's the last episode but it's probably more of a four i mean That's i don't know I why feel. the whole bike race is here <laughs> it really doesn't i was gonna say like i want to give it a five out of five because it's so gay and i love how gay it is so in terms of gayness it gets like a 65 but i guess like i kind of give it a four out of five just because it's not really connected into anything and it's not nearly as deep as last episode uprising for example yeah like there's not like a whole lot of like political metaphor happening behind anything it's mostly just uh them being gay other than like kitty realizing that xavier cares more about respectability and everything than he cares about actually taking care of like queer mutants of color who are homeless and like going to die on the streets right i know i know which is kind of funny that this is the follow-up to uprising in that specific way where kitty's i think was this going to be Kitty pushing back the start of that? Probably. Oh, it yeah. also was going to be like the start of Danielle being part of the new mutants, which mm-hmm. I was really excited about. Yeah, me too. Except that I can't be that excited because now it's over because next week we're watching Ascension part one and it's like, okay, I oh guess. Oh my God. Those last two episodes aren't even good. It's like, it's at least the X-Men, the animated series had one episode that made us sob yeah well i actually liked the finale a lot i mean i get why people are so excited for 97 of course i am too but like that show had a finale that made sense this show yeah this one i don't know well no it's because they had even less time i think than the animated series to wrap it up i think they were given like a couple weeks to like animate what you can so like good luck i know do we have a who's that x-men by the way we of course we do who do we meet today well i don't know who's that It's Danny Moonstar. I forgot we didn't ever do her before. She's never been on the show. This is the first and last time she's made well, an appearance. Well, it's because in- we talked about her so much when we did the New Mutants live action episode. So in my head, you're right. You're I right. I feel like I know a lot about. Yeah, her. I was gonna say when the New Mutants movie came out, you went and read the original comics. That's what I remember. Yeah, which was fun. But yeah, so tell me about Danny. Sure. So she was created by Chris Claremont and Bob McLeod in New Mutants in 1982, two years before I was born. And <laughs> she has a shitload of powers. So I had, I just kind of went with her 
mutant powers, not the powers that she's given to her when she's also in Valkyrie mode. Mm-hmm. She has telepathy, the ability to create illusions and nightmares and make that seem real. She has psionic bow and arrows. She's empathetic and she has a telepathic link with animals, which again, I think that is that bad stereotype writing yeah where she can speak to nature yeah that's pretty much it the ability to create solid objects out of psionic energy and can sense when danger or death is approaching Mm -hmm. those are all her different powers there are a lot and that's not even all of them she gets more when she goes into thor's universe and like hands out in asgard is she considered an omega level mutant she's not because like she can do all the psychic stuff but she cannot well she can create illusions but she can't actually make those things real of course but she can make some of them real but she can't make a lot of them real so she's Hmm. underpowered in that way but if she was like ever amped up by like an apocalypse seed she probably would be an omega level mutant right donnie was born in boulder colorado her powers manifested during puberty taking the manifestation of a vision of her parents death killed by the demon bear her parents disappeared shortly after and danny is taken in by her grandfather black eagle uh, the Hellfire Club attempted to capture Danny, and her during that her grandfather is killed. But since her grandfather had already contacted Professor X to take care of Danny, because I guess Xavier was close friends with Danny's dad, because yeah, why not? Which is random, but sure. I know, and so they take her in, and she joins the New Mutants. Danny then becomes the co-leader of the New Mutants alongside Cannibal, who was in this episode doing some other stupid gay bullshit. Like everyone was gay. <laughs> Uh, and Danny develops a deep friendship slash relationship with Wolfsbane, by which I mean they were rubbing their vaginas together. Uh-huh. Uh, Danny <laughs> then starts to have nightmares about the demon bear. Her fear of the demon bear makes her attempt suicide because she can't deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you read those comics if you yeah, got I that did. far. Yeah. Okay. This is also the period of time where Xavier is taken over by like an alien or something and he's evil. I mean, there's a lot of times where Xavier goes evil and then they come up with a reason as to why it wasn't truly Xavier. Yeah. And I'm like, just make him evil. But I feel like the reason they did that was because at the time they wanted a reason why Danny didn't have a powerful psychic to help her with these problems. Oh, right. I mean, that makes sense. All she had was, I think, Karma. I think that that was the other psychic there. Yeah, pretty much. Unless she wanted to go over to Emma Frost, who at the time was on cocaine. So. <laughs> Yeah, she so Danny was all alone, essentially. Right. And so one night she attacks the demon bear and she's taken to the hospital. The other Nubians are there with her where they're attacked by the bear and drawn into another dimension where magic pierces the bear with her sword. All of this actually did happen in the New Mutants movie. Kind like it was of, very yeah. loosely based on it. There was a hospital, the demon bear was there, magic did pierce the demon bear, she did jump through limbo. Like yeah. those things did happen. Mr. Sinister was there instead of Professor X being evil. <laughs> I wish. I mean, no, Mr. Sinister wasn't even there he was busy he kind of was there he was sending emails he was sending emails be like i don't have time because i'm busy <laughs> writing on my live journal that's what mr <laughs> sinister was doing yep. the bear reverts into his original form after that and it turns out to be danny's parents uh and even after that danny decides to stay at xavier's school they then are in a rivalry with the new mutants from emma's hellions which we know about from the emma training her first children and students at the hellfire club but a lot of the rivalry and the fights between them are often solved because Danny creates a strong bond with Thunderbird. Again, we're doing that thing where it's like, well, he's also Native American, so they would be friends. Which, I mean, yeah, they would in the sense of marginalization, maybe, but that is not what's happening yeah, here. Yeah, they might be like, wow, yeah, you're the other indigenous person here. Aren't these people annoying? Like, yeah, they might be friends in that sense. Yeah, I know, but like, I doubt what? that's how it's written. I don't know. It might actually be not that bad. I didn't read all this. I mean, no, I like Danny and Thunderbird. Like, I think they're fine. I think this is 
the original Thunderbird before he died. He's back. He just got resurrected in the Krakoa queue. Oh, cool. Danny is later stranded in the Asgardian realm where she finds a winged horse trapped in barbed wire. She. It sounds, I mean, I know this sounds like never ending story. She <laughs> frees it and names it Brightwind. Now it sounds like She-Ra. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I was going to say, I wrote that down. I was like, okay, I guess she's She-Ra. Brightwind then selects her as her writer and Danny becomes a Valkyrie. She is She-Ra. Like, yep. that is what's happening. This allows Danny to see premonitions of death. During an attempt to save Magma from the High Evolutionary, Danny is thrown into a machine intended to strip her powers, but instead enhances her powers, giving her the ability to manifest telepathic images into reality this ability is limited to one wish or fear at a time which she utilizes mostly in summoning a spirit and she still is doing that when hella creates a plan to take over asgard and kill odin which we saw in thor ragnarok Hela's magic drives Danny mad, and she has to be restrained by her friends and Doctor Strange. When the battle moves to Asgard, Danny loses Brightwind, like Brightwind dies. After the battle, Danny chooses to stay behind in Asgard, which anchors her own Cheyenne deity. I do not know how to pronounce this. It's like Hanimitania or something. Sure. I always feel bad when I'm trying to pronounce something that is not in my language. I feel like making an attempt and not having it be right is better than just refusing to try for what it's worth. But also but also standing there and be like, I know I'm pronouncing this wrong, so somebody correct me. Um, who comes to Asgard to bring her home and she persuades him to leave Asgard and she's like, yeah, I'm going to return to my tribe and to my faith. I'm just, I'm a Valkyrie now. This is what I do. Uh, so she stayed there. Until she returns to Earth, in which she joins S.H.I.E.L.D. and infiltrates the Mutant Liberation Front. During that time, she started manifesting arrows and writing a, like, I don't know if it was like a dark version or a resurrected version of Brightwind, but this one's called Darkwind. It's like the goth version of Brightwind. (laughs) Okay, cool. And during that time, Danny is secretly working for Cable and sabotaging the Mutant Liberation Front's missions. Blackwing is then killed by Rainfire, and Danny spends some time with X Force where she encounters Aradia Devel. Aradia Devel? I, I don't know. Again, these names. There's comic books, man. Yeah. And Danny gains the ability to manipulate quantum energy for a short period of time, but that didn't stay for very long. But again, another power she had. Cool. I, this is like when Gambit like just randomly had a bunch of powers in his miniseries, and then Mr. Sinister had to like take out a piece of his brain to make it stop. <laughs> Danny then becomes a mentor to the new generation of new mutants, and also becomes the legal guardian of Elixir. After House of M, Danny is one of the people who loses her powers, which is funny because a lot of the time we do this show, we don't run into characters that have lost their powers after House of M. We hear like, oh, this is one of the few mutants get to keep their powers. Like, but Danny and Jubilee, they didn't. Yeah. Emma Frost fires Danny from the school because she's worried that Danny as a human is no longer safe in the school. Mm-hmm. So after the events of Civil War, Danny is recruited to serve as an instructor again, where she trains a mutant with a similar power set named Trauma. She also has like sort of a latent ability to bring nightmares to life. Mm-hmm. Danny then becomes a member of the Hellfire Club when Hellfire Club was being run by Sunspot. That was short lived, by the way. And during this time, she persuades Enol, the famous Enol, the one of the super gay famous X Men. To join the young X-Men and move to San Francisco where he could be even gayer with Bobby and Rockslide. Rockslide's not gay. I wish he was. That would be so wonderful. Anyway, Danny and Karma later investigate an anonymous tip about a young mutant endangering a town in Colorado. Magic then appears and informs Santa Roboto that Karma and Danielle are going to die. So she, the magic shows up and she's like, these two are going to die soon, which prompts Sam to reassemble the new mutants to rescue the pair. And this all turns out to be a ruse set by Legion to free him. 
And the personalities in Legion's head want to kill Daniel because they're like, oh, Danny can like actually put these personalities under control. And so he tried using a mental projection to kill Daniel, but she saved last second and then Danny defeats him. Danny then works with Cyclops against Norman Norman Osborn's forces. This is like that time period that I absolutely hated in comic books. Like, I don't know what was happening between 2008 and 2012, but like comics were just bad. I mean, I think you do know what was happening. The MCU. I mean, like, like all <laughs> anyway. the weird rights that that was. an ins- OK, I have to clarify, like not only the MCU was happening, but the MCU was happening in conjunction with them being like, we're not going to give the X-Men a lot of time. Also, we have to re focus how we're even telling our main stories now that people are buying comics again and then dc in the background was like let's just reset the entire universe three different times like, yeah like poorly yeah it was a weird time period i don't know why any of that had to happen the way it did so anyway so cyclops sends danny to las vegas where she approaches hella for a boon hella warns her that the price of the boon is heavy and danny accepts it anywhere she re- later arrives into battle with her full powers again so she so basically, Hella gives her back all of her powers and her Valkyrie powers, and she gives her Bright Moon back. And Bright Moon's not what it is. I wrote Bright Moon, but that's not what it is. Bright Moon's like the place of She Ra. Oh my God. <laughs> Swift Wind. Bright Moon. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, da, 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 to be da. fair, Danny at this point is just She Ra. So I, know. I don't know. So anyway, she comes back with her magic horse. And Danny defeats Ares, who's there, because why not? Sure. I fucking hate it when they do that shit. Cyclops then asks her to teach at the X-Mansion again, and Danny's like, yeah, sure, but I want to join Sam's team, but finds out that Sam made a roster for him and didn't include Danny on it. So she challenges him to a match in the danger room where they work their shit out and become equals once again. And then they're like, hey, want to fuck? So they do that for a little while uh, until he resigns from being the leader of the mutants and she takes his place. Hella then summons Danny for a favor to gather the spirits of the Asgardians that fell in the battle with Norman Osborn's forces. That that's the favor. And it's like, honestly fine. So I don't know why Hella was like, this is going to be almost impossible for you to return during inhumans versus X-Men storm uses Danny's death tracking abilities to locate those afflicted with the empox and get them to safety in limbo. That's cool. I was going to say, yeah, that's a really good use of her powers. At one point, Magic teleports Danny into a nightclub because they sensed somebody was going to have the Mpox outbreak there, and they sensed death everywhere. They said, like, Danny was like, everyone here is going to die. And it turns out it's because Lady Mastermind was there, and Mm. she was sick, and she was controlling everyone at the club to just have a good time. Wow. Sad. And so they engage in a battle, Danny and lady mastermind in which they both realize that they have similar issues with fear and anxiety. So Danny convinces lady mastermind to let everyone in the club go. And then lady mastermind's like, please just kill me. So I don't have to suffer. And Danny's like, no, I'm going to get you help. And she takes her to the X Haven where she's treated for the M pox. That's cool. Honestly, excellent story that I would love to see on the screen. I think that's a really good one. Danny then continues to stick around the expansion to teach the students. She eventually contracts the techno organic virus from warlock she reveals that she contracted it to help find the soul of her brother after he had been split off from her, but wound up becoming infected and then became this character called Moonlock for a little while, creating duplicates of her old friends that would fight against her old friends until eventually the national emergency's mutant-hating CO, Robert Callahan, captures her and puts her and all those infected into um, jail, basically, and to be experimented on until she's later freed by the remaining mutants who were not sucked into Nate Gray's Age of X-Men. So it was like Logan and Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Danny works with Scott's team to take all the take out all the potential targets who want the X-Men dead. 
during this time, Wolfsbane is killed by people that just hate mutants. It's just a hate crime. Right. And Danny's like in the middle of a mission and she screams because like the, I don't know, the, whatever their lifeline is between them gets cut off. Yeah, their connection. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, my girlfriend's dead. And so she attends a funeral where she gets this beautiful eulogy. Not that it matters because it was like only seconds after that Krakoa happened <laughs> because now Danny is in Krakoa. She's a major player here again among all the new mutants. And it really returned to form where she's been sort of training all the younger generation mutant characters, which has been really cool. She turned into Valkyrie again during that giant crossover event where, I don't know, like Asgard exploded. I can't, I cannot, I'm sorry, listeners. I just don't give a shit about crossover events. The only good one I've ever read in my entire life was House of M. I don't think anyone likes them. I feel like that's a pretty popular I don't popular know why they opinion. keep happening. Like, oh, just, just sell comic books. Yeah. It's to try to get people to read comic books that they don't normally read. Does that marketing strategy even work well? I can't imagine it does. No, of like, course it doesn't. Everyone yeah. hates it. And yet, here we are. <laughs> it I works know. for the MCU. I mean, can you imagine being like <laughs> somebody who's like, oh, I want to pick up a comic now. This well, seems good. Okay, but counterpoint, Ryan, you love crossover events on TV, so it does work for you sometimes. Yeah, it's true. I, I think it depends on like how big the crossover event is. This is like too big. Or if it's well written. So anyway, so she's been on Krakoa Haney now. Um, she's reconnected with, with Ronnie. As I stated at the beginning of this episode, it's almost like as if they are fucking, so... That's it, though. She's great. I love her. I think Daniel Moonstar is an excellent character. She is not on my top 20 just because she's not like, like, I just don't have enough room in my top 20, but she's a strong 21. So, <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. And, you know, I, I know you just told me that she had sex with Cannibal. I don't believe it. I don't think that happened. I think she's I, gay. Yeah, like, that's, <laughs> I mean, like, if that's like really the only indication that she, I mean, like, Sam doesn't I think Sam in the comics for what it's worth is straight I mm-hmm. th- I think there's variations of him where like I think he's gay like I think in the New Mutants movie and I was like the New Mutants movie I thought he was gay I feel like on this show he's gay I do think he's a relatively straight character so it's really strange that they would put Danny with him because I feel like Danny Shan and Ronnie are all just fucking queer yeah I'm with <laughs> you which brings us already into our next segment which is who's gay on this episode of X-Men Evolution the X-Men god where do you even start i mean we well, know who the rainer is we know who's gonna win i mean we know danny and kitty i i don't know which of them is more gay but i mean them together them win together. the award of being gay because they just went into a cave which was the vagina cave i think they're literally i i feel like this is one of those episodes that i watch and i'm like this they were supposed to be gay like this was written to be gay you know what i mean like i feel like that's not even it's not yeah. even a question to me i mean like there's so many times on the show where we feel that with a lot of characters like boom boom and amara or well, of Quicksilver course yeah Spike. or like mystique um is obviously supposed to be a uh, queer with character Irene. with with destiny yeah. like it's i don't know I, I this is another one of those where i'm like danny was implied to be gay with Rane in the comics they rewrote this story so that it's kitty who has the psychic connection with her Kitty's already a character who we read as at least bisexual in the comics and thanks to Chris Claremont and also thanks to like modern day where now I just see her as being out. I don't know. I feel like it's it's really good. It's a well-written episode, very romantic, very cute. I loved it. You know me. I'm always like, 
I never. I feel like there's never lesbians presented in TV shows, and Maddie's like, "That's because you're not looking for it." That's the constant thing. But in this one, I watched it. I was like, "This is pretty gay." <laughs> okay, but even in this episode, I feel like even in this, at the time, you probably were like, "Are these two women interested yeah, I know. in each other?" Yeah. Well, that same <laughs> way they first meet each other, and they're all flirting and making eyes and touching each other and like blushing and, like, and Wait, stuff. Wait, you're and a mutant too? Like that, oh. that scene where they almost kissed was like it was interrupted by Logan showing up and be like, uh, "What's going on here?" Yeah, and Kitty's like, "Nothing." She's just going to share my room with me. <laughs> yeah, that scene. Okay, but then meanwhile, Sam and Bobby are fucking. I'm just going to say it. I mean, I've been saying that for quite a few episodes. Like mm-hmm. in this TV show, Sam's just gay with Bobby. That's yeah, they're dating. Canon. And I think it's pretty cute. And they're crushing after their like hot teacher. Yeah, which they're both into their teacher at the same time. And he's not really interested in either of them. But that's completely fine because the two of them are hooking up. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's having a great time in the expansion. And that's nice. I mean, it's something about this show that I really enjoyed is like just this freedom that the kids get to have in this one place in their lives where they're not constantly being picked on you know like obviously xavier fucking sucks but at least they get to have each other what else is new do you think xavier's gay i mean we know the answer he is but he's just kind of like annoying in this episode you know actually for that nightmare scene i thought it was going to be a nightmare about magneto did you think that when he was like waking up to something? I honestly don't remember. Or did you, you probably remembered that it was Sentinel. See, I didn't, I didn't know that. So I didn't, I actually, I didn't remember. I was like, when I went to him, I thought he was going to have a dream about like the shit going on with Apocalypse. That's what I thought when I was watching it this time. I do not remember what I thought when I first watched it. Okay. I was only because I know that Magneto is constantly showing up at Xavier's window, like fucking Romeo and Juliet all the time. Like that's like their thing. So it was just that when Xavier like looked at the window shaking, and like roll got in his chair and rolled over there i was like this is gonna be magneto like i just i immediately went to that that for a second but i was like this is a nightmare sequence so it can't be magneto (laughs) yeah i mean the reason why it would be a nightmare in this case is because magneto is currently dead right so i was thinking it was gonna be like the ghost of magneto haunting xavier can you imagine if like it was like this nightmare scene where like magneto came up but his eyes were hollowed out and like his face is crackling your dead ex comes back and he's like hey I see you asshole and I still fucking hate you and Xavier's like no, <laughs> no back to you pops in he's like hey I know what you did last summer and Xavier's like no <laughs> yeah that was actually that was what I thought was gonna happen but it said it was an actually legitimately terrifying scene with the sentinels like I thought that was well animated and like scary as fuck oh I do too I thought that was really cool this was a good episode when it came to that um, so I guess we're on to the plug section now. Well, welcome everyone to the plug session. Is Pluggy here? I don't want to see Pluggy right now, so he's not here. I'm too sad about Ascension being the next thing that we have to watch, so... Yeah, I know, I know. It's been a long haul. Okay, so for everybody who's not... I don't want to say goodbye, not, but we have to. If you're not to. sure what's going on next, I can just assure for you we're going to do these, do these two Ascension episodes, and then we're going to read the X-Men Evolution comic books. Mm-hmm. There's only nine of them. I'm sure they're on, like, whatever Marvel reading app is. Like. Marvel Unlimited, yeah. yeah or and, whatever else, yeah. I'm sure they're out there for free if you know where to look, but, you know, pay for them if you can. Yeah, and so that's what we're going to do, and then we'll do a wrap-up of the series, Mm -hmm. and uh, then we'll be on to movies. We'll probably get a reader mail in there somewhere. Yeah, well, that too, so... And then I th- what's next? Days of Future Past? I think so. Elliot Page still in the closet as Kitty Pride, and Logan's butt starring in Days of Future Past. <laughs> <laughs> that's a separate character. Okay, Logan's butt is in that movie. We've brought it up a lot. It's, it's a in good there. Butt. 
It's I mean, in there. Like, We're going to see his toned, but we already saw it in the Wolverine 2013, and he kept on working out for Days of Future Past. And also, Xavier's going to be there for no reason, which is a theme of our lives. <laughs> it's that Xavier. <laughs> oh, no. Xavier is never dead. Listen, He's always back. It's going to be not one Xavier. It's going to be two Xaviers. Ugh. I've forgotten about all of this. Except it's like kind of okay because like it's two actors we enjoy. Here's what I remember about Days of Future Past. Bishop is there for two seconds and then he dies. Yeah, Logan's I, butt is there for way longer than Bishop is on screen. Those are the two things I remember. Okay, I like how they have a time travel character in that movie and he's like, they gave him one line. Does he even have a line? I feel like I remember him dying without even having a line. He has more lines. Okay, so when we watch it, we're not going to watch the straight version. Oh, right. We're going to watch this new version that I've never seen before. We're going to watch the rogue cut which has i don't know like an additional 25 minutes of season. it's it actually goes back to what you were saying before because like yeah. the original version had like rogue as one of the main characters and then they cut it and re-edited it and reshot the movie because brian singer and anna paquin were fighting oh God, fuck brian singer whatever so anyway we're gonna watch that eventually like 17 weeks from now we just listed everything we're gonna do um so and then next year we're gonna do X-Men 97. <laughs> yeah, actually we are though. Actually we legit are. Anyway, um, mutantages.com. This is the place where you can go to find every single episode of the show. And that's great. But you can also find all the different ways to contact us, like our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. You can find a link to our Discord server where you talk about all things MCU, Xavier, and trailer analysis, etc. There's our voicemail inbox, 1508-319-1668. We end up playing those voicemails on our listener feedback episodes. So it's worth calling in, asking us a question, making a fun observation. Um, and then we also have physical mail. We have a P.O. box at 3344 Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And uh, those are all the ways you can contact us, except, of course, we also have social media. We're the Mutant Ages everywhere. Tumblr, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram. TikTok. You name it. TikTok. We got it. We're all over those places. I am, too. I'm at Mitty Myers. Where are you on the internet, Ryan? I am at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Insta Insta. Ironically, I'm also at Ryan Pagella on TikTok. I don't I don't ever bring it up on here, but I do have a TikTok. I just recently started using it again. I do too. I don't post on there, but I do have Mitty Myers on there. I just started posting on there again after not posting for months. I guess I should follow you. I'll follow you after this. You should. You can get some fun videos like Mr. Sinister writing Yoshi with like the sunset in the background and Jurassic Park playing. And by Jurassic Park playing, wow. it's just my, me going. <laughs> uh, so, but you can also find me on YouTube at my YouTube channel, which is Ryan. Well, it's not, if you search Ryan Pagelli, you can find it, but it's actually under Ryan's theme park and adventures now. And mm -hmm. that's a good place you can go. Or you can go to the viewing ages on YouTube where we are actually doing live screenplay readings of yes. the unproduced X-Men movies. We will have already done one on the Dazzler script treatment by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, so at this point, you should go and listen to that if you did not see it live. Um, we will do other future things there too because we have been playing through every X-Men video game. We've been kind of on a hiatus from that, but I think we're going to get back to that relatively soon. And uh, you can also see other parodies that we've done on there, including mashups of this show with animations of the cartoons, 
So I recommend go checking it out. It's a good time. I don't think there's anything else in terms of the YouTube land, but there's other things that you can do to support us besides subscribing to us on social and YouTube. What are those, Maddie? Well, you could buy something in the store. For example, in honor of Bishop's one line in Days of Future <laughs> Past, you could buy a t-shirt of Bishop jumping out of the bushes saying time travel is real. You could buy it on a tote bag or a mask or any number of other things. And we also have the Mutant Ages logo on those things in our store. You can find a link to a store in our episode descriptions. And also we have a Patreon, which is where we just re- today recorded a bonus episode about Shang-Chi, which Ryan finally watched. Very fun to talk about that one. And we also talked about Jubilee and how we think there should be a movie about her next and Asian representation in the MCU 100%. just in general. And um, it was a very fun episode. And there's a whole backlog of episodes on there as well. We brought Todd in to talk about the Hawkeye show with Kate Bishop. We've talked about Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad movies. We do DC stuff as well as Marvel stuff. There's a ton of bonuses that you can enjoy if you back the Patreon. And we have a bunch of tiers where you can get different rewards. And our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. Samuel P. So mean. (laughs) Sorry, B. Sarkash. Help me. Help me. Oh my God. Come find me. It's dark. James, are you I'm going to add in some Akira Yamaoka in the background for this. James, it's me, Maria. Don't you remember what happened after we got separated in, in that, that long, long hallway? hallway? Are you confusing me with somebody else? You were always so forgetful. Remember that time in the hotel? <laughs> Have that whole monologue memorized. It's I did ridiculous. too for a long time. Oh my anyway, god! By the way, um, to everybody Hill. that's like not understanding what we're doing, that's like the opening they to Silent Hill too. Because we screamed Silent Hill, we screamed Silent Hill constantly. Okay, but like in this show. episode, we screamed Silent Hill at least like sixty-five times. So who knows? Yeah, what I know. People are willing to go along with it. I don't Pyramid know. head in a rocking chair. That's how he just settles down later on in life. Yeah, his retirement. Um, anyway, thanks to those Patreon supporters. <laughs> and uh, you can also if you review. can't afford to, yeah, if you can't afford to back the show financially, please consider leaving us a review. You can even review individual episodes on Spotify, which is pretty cool. But you can also leave a five-star rating on uh, Facebook or Apple Podcasts or if you've already done all that and you still want to support us, please consider sharing the show with your friends because word of mouth is one of the best ways for people to find podcasts. And uh, we right. thank you so much, all of you who do that. It's always really nice to see somebody uh, sharing yeah. sharing the show on social media. Oh, we it's appreciate really cool. that. And uh, yeah, um, next week. Next Ascension week. Part one. Yeah. Ascension. We'll see you then and we'll see you next time. Oh, see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, <laughs>